you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. Nearly 20 years ago, when I was on staff at my former church, I had an interesting conversation with our youth director. He was extremely frustrated with some of his more spiritual high school boys. They had asked him for a weekly small group Bible study, but could not find a time to meet. They came up with two possible alternatives, 11 p.m. on Tuesday nights or 4 a.m. on Thursday mornings. Needless to say, this important small group Bible study never happened. Let me repeat, that was about 20 years ago. And these were young men who actually wanted to get together and study the Bible, but their schedules just could not allow it. Of course, every teen and youth group and community is different. On one end of the spectrum, some teens actually have way too little to do. In fact, studies show 60% of teenagers spend an average of 20 hours per week in front of the TV and the computer. A small minority of teens, 7% of them, enjoy a whopping 50 hours of screen time every week. But on the other extreme, there are teens who are really, really busy. They are taking extra classes at school, working part-time jobs, playing sports, and maintaining hectic after-school schedules with little extra time on their hands. And while it looks good on transcripts to say they're the captain of the soccer team or head of the student council, for many of our teens, an overly busy schedule is a problem. They are struggling with emotional and mental problems because of it, not to mention a lack of growing spiritually in Christ. So the common-sense approach to teens and their time and activities is to find some sort of balance between busy and lazy. Here's how one author puts it. It's important to find just the right balance for your teen. You want him to be busy enough that he doesn't have time to get mixed up with the wrong crowd, and you want to make sure he's not so bored that he looks for trouble. But it's also important to make sure he isn't burning himself out as he runs from one activity to the next. While you don't want your teen to be too idle, a little downtime is a good thing. Well, we certainly don't want our teens to end up in the wrong crowd or, God forbid, bored. And we don't want them stressed out either. But is that the full extent of how we are to help our teens with their time and activities? Or are there heart issues as well? Well, we need to answer our questions like this. Why are today's teens seemingly busier than ever? What should they be doing with their time? How has technology made them more or less efficient with their time? What sort of work ethic are we cultivating in our teens? And how are we preparing them for adulthood? So in this final podcast of this season four, let's dig down deep into the heart of the matter, seeking to encourage our teens and parents of teens on the issue of time and activities. As we have discussed throughout these podcasts on teenage problems, it is essential to recognize the truth that teens are not children, but they are also not mature adults either. 
They're being pulled in both directions, wanting to act like children and yet striving for the freedoms of adulthood. The way they use their time and engage in activities demonstrates how in between they really are. Unfortunately, many parents just give the total responsible of time and priorities over to their teen with little leadership or guidance on the matter. So this episode will walk through some of the issues connected to the teen's use of time and his or her activities, seeking biblical wisdom on the matters. So first issue, whose time is it anyway? One of the fundamentals of the Christian faith is recognizing that in one sense, our time is not our own. Why not? Because as Christians, we are not our own. We have been bought with a price. We belong to Jesus, so our time is his. Listen to just a few passages from God's word. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. Psalm 31, 15. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Proverbs 27, 1. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Psalm 90, verse 12. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. So teenagers need to understand that their time is not their own. The Lord has numbered their days. He alone is sovereign over time. He is the source of strength and wisdom to be able to use our time well. On that foundation, we are fully responsible for how we use our time. In that sense, it is our own time to use as well. The Lord holds us responsible to be good stewards of the gift of time. That means our teens have to learn to not waste their time or choose to use their time poorly. They cannot look at life as simply unlimited time. This makes the use of time first and foremost a heart issue. Who are you serving with your time? Who is getting the glory with your time? The way our teens use their time says a lot about where their hearts are. Do they have a heart of wisdom or a heart of folly? Do they have a heart for God and other people or a heart just for self? So it's not just about balancing time, not being too busy or too slothful. It's about a godly use of time that is ultimately in God's hands, not ours. When we say that we don't have time for something, what are we spending that time on? God has given us the time he wants us to have to serve him with that time. Well, here's the second thing we need to speak about. Time for sleep. When a teenager is so busy that he or she doesn't have time to get everything done during the day, sleep habits are often the first thing to suffer. Sleep experts recommend that teens get from eight to nine hours of sleep per night. How many teenagers do you think get even close to that amount on a regular basis? Recent surveys show about 5 to 7% of all teens. That's it. That's a lot of sleepy teens out there. Unfortunately, many teens, like adults, can fall into the trap of thinking that they'll get more done if they stay up late. But a lack of sleep just impedes productivity the following day. The less efficient a teen is at getting work done, like schoolwork, 
the longer it will take to get assignments done well. When a teen doesn't have time to get enough sleep, something has to give. A lack of sleep will have consequences on their bodies, minds, and souls. So all you parents out there, your teenager needs a standard bedtime too. I know it may make them feel like a child to give them a required time to go to sleep, but this is a discipline that should not be ignored. It must be taught and learned. Again, this goes back to the acknowledgement of our lives are not our own, but the Lord's. He has created our physical bodies. They require a certain amount of sleep to function well and to maintain good health. It is only our pride that makes us somehow think that we are superhuman, not requiring the same amount of sleep as mere mortals. Our teens need sleep for good mental health as well. Our minds must be rejuvenated and restored. If our teens are to become good thinkers, they need to be well rested. So why do teenagers practice poor sleep habits, either staying up too late or even sleeping in too long in the morning? There are typically several factors that must be addressed. First, the misuse of freedom. With no accountability, they just stay up, binge-watching shows, surfing the Internet, or staying glued to social media. In another podcast, we talked about how easy it is for time to be wasted with our technology. Teens may not even realize how much time is being misused late at night. Second, being overscheduled. Some teens don't even get to necessary study or homework until very late at night. Some have sports that go deep into the night as well. There's no way to get eight to nine hours of sleep if the daytime schedule is packed for 18 hours every day. Third, a simple lack of discipline. Maybe the teen just won't put down the book or the project or the TV or the phone when it's proper bedtime. On the other end, maybe the teen isn't getting up at the same time each day either. That's a lack of sleeping discipline. Fourth, a belief that I'm just a night owl. Many people think they are night people or morning people, that they have to stay up late at night because this is how they're wired. No, it's just a bad habit that has been learned. Enjoying staying up late because it's quiet or undisturbed are not good reasons. God has designed us to sleep. And then fifth, the opportunity for bad behavior. Unfortunately, a lot of bad things happen at night. Teens can stay up late watching things they shouldn't because parents are asleep. They can stay on the phone, texting, or on social media without interference. Again, back to too much freedom. It's a lot safer for a teen to go to bed at a decent hour rather than be pulled into a much darker world into the wee hours of the morning. Well, whatever is the obstacle to using time well to sleep must be addressed. A well-rested teen will have a much better chance to use his awake time well. Now let's talk about scheduling time. To many people's ears, a time schedule sounds constraining and restrictive. Teens especially like to be free to do what they want to do, when they want to do it. But that's just not a realistic understanding of life. Time itself is scheduled. The sun rises and the sun sets. We have mornings, afternoons, evenings, winter, spring, summer, and fall. 
All people operate by some sort of schedule, even the most spontaneous of us. Most teens have to live by a school schedule so that they know what classes to take when and what assignments are required. Some teens have a work schedule as a part-time job. Others have an athletic schedule, practices, training, and games. The main problem when it comes to scheduling is that many teens are overscheduled. In the best-case scenario, a teen has overscheduled himself because he truly loves the activities in which he's involved. But even that's a problem of prioritizing that we'll discuss in a bit. Then there's the overscheduled teen who just feels pressure to be involved in just about everything for his resume or to please his parents. That also needs to be dealt with, or you will just have a stressed out, overwhelmed teen. On the other side of the spectrum is the teen who wastes all his or her unscheduled time. Again, it may seem constricting to schedule free time, but it's necessary if that freedom just means a lot of useless pursuits and time wasters. Teaching our teens to make and live by a healthy schedule is a great discipline and habit for their future. Now, of course, we all waste a certain amount of time, but learning to live within the good limits of a schedule goes a long way to minimizing time wasting. This also means helping teens to say no to certain activities and to realize that they can't be involved in anything and everything. And you also want them to schedule time to rest, some downtime and time for other physical and spiritual disciplines as well. The schedule should be designed to glorify God and to make good use of the time that they have been given. Now let's talk about how to set right priorities. For the most part, parents set priorities for children. By definition, a priority is a thing that is more important than another thing. We set priorities based on what we value the most. So for our family, we have always prioritized home life and church life. Then everything follows after that. So when children become teenagers, there becomes some freedom to choose priorities, as long as they fit within our family priorities. When teens prioritize things that we parents don't think are most important, there will be a problem. Well, let's work on some examples. Your teenager joins the baseball team, but you find out there will always be practices on Wednesday evenings, which is the same night as youth group. So which one is the priority? A teenager can't say that youth group is a priority, yet be involved in an activity that makes it impossible to go to youth group. Your teenager says that doing well in school is a priority, but instead of doing his assignments and studying, he spends most of his time playing video games. What's the real priority here? Again, a teenager can't say that his higher value is doing well in school if he spends most of his time playing video games. Well, how about this one? Your teenager says her relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in this world. But she spends so much time on social media that she rarely reads the Bible, any Christian books, or even has a quiet prayer time. What's her real priority? It's essential to teach teens how to prioritize by first exposing what is already most important to them, based on the time and effort given to it. 
Not all efforts and activities require the same amount of time. But the question is, what dominates the teen's time and energy? What has the most value in his or her heart? Remember, teens first learn priorities by watching what their parents value the most. They will mimic some of their parents' priorities in life. Well, we should long for our teens to prioritize their spiritual life more than their academics, more than their sports, more than their extracurriculars, and even more than their friends. They are called by Jesus to seek his kingdom first and foremost, to set the Lord Jesus as the highest priority in their life. Well, that leads us to the next topic, making wise activity choices. Now, we certainly don't want our teenagers to spend their time in illegal and illicit activities or in destructive relationships. There are plenty of ways for teens to use their time to hurt themselves and their future. But in many Christian homes, the real problem is all the good activities a teenager has the ability to participate in. As one of my professors was fond of saying, it's not the bad that is the enemy of the good, it's the good that is the enemy of the best. If your teenager goes to an institutional school rather than homeschool, there'll be all sorts of opportunities, sports, clubs, groups, and will be tempted to use them to fill in a nice resume for college scholarships. Even homeschoolers have a lot of activity options as well today. Then there are the church activities, youth group, Bible studies, youth trips, mission trips, service opportunities, not to mention Lord's Day worship. And then there are activities with the family or a job or community-based groups and clubs. The list goes on and on. As we've already said, the first issue is one of priority. What's most important? What comes first on the list? From there, teenagers need to properly assess the benefits and the costs of the activity itself. It shouldn't just be, I want to do X activity. Okay, have fun. Again, let's get specific with some examples. Here's the first one. Your teen wants to play on a select traveling soccer team. Benefits, fun, friendship, physical fitness, competition, challenge to excel, potential costs. Could actually be financially costly to the family. Lots of time investment. Could learn bad character habits or be around unsavory people. Probably missing a lot of church with all that travel. Do the benefits outweigh the costs? Depends. Wisdom must be exercised when choosing to participate in any organized sport. Here's a second example. Your team wants to have a part-time job. Benefits? Money. Savings for college. Good work experience. Good work ethic. Potential costs. Less time to study. Less time for relationships. Maybe even less time for church activities. Possibly spending money unwisely since they have more of it. Again, do the benefits outweigh the costs? How much time and work is acceptable without making some of these costs come into play? Third example, your teen wants to continue gaining some skill, dance, learning an instrument, etc. Benefits, becoming gifted in that skill, preparing for the future, doing something he or she loves. Costs, loss of other relationships, 
Less time for church, less time for studies. Too narrow-focused, potentially. Hopefully you get the point with these examples. Teenagers need help making these decisions about their time. There's just way too much to choose from. Don't allow them to be on their own with little understanding of how their choices impact their present and their future. Now let's talk about time for relationships. In the busy times our teens are growing up in, we must encourage and train them to take time for true relationship building. What a challenge this is in our social media age. Posting and commenting and giving away likes are not the same as relating to other people. No, I'm not suggesting that teens need to stop being on social media. It simply can't be the only way they are relating to others. So we want our teens to actually make friends and be friends. They need time to hang out, to talk, to share their hearts, to learn to counsel one another and build one another up. Again, that means not being so overscheduled that they don't have time for growing relationships. Their whole lives can't be studying and working and playing sports. But they also need to make time for good relationships with parents and siblings as well. When is the last time you as a parent had a two-hour long conversation with your teenager? Even when teens and parents and siblings are in the car or SUV, they are often on their screens listening to music rather than talking to one another. Don't even get me started about the family dinner table during the teenage years. When do teens sit down long enough to do more than scarf down a meal? When do you actually all sit down together to eat? I hope it's every day of the week, but that's usually not the case. And then your teenager needs to make time to serve other people, to truly help and minister to those who are in great need. They need to get to know the older generation as well as care for the younger one. They need to know people who are suffering with disability and disease. They need to reach out to the marginalized. Yes, all this takes time. Time that many teenagers don't think they have because of the demands of school, study, and extracurricular activities. Yet in the end, all we have is relationships. That's what lasts. God has designed us to be relational. Many teens just want to hold themselves up in their rooms or on their beds in order to be self-absorbed and alone. And yet they just end up being lonely. Draw them out into the world. Force them out from their caves. Get their faces out of the phone and other screens. Teach them how to build real God-glorifying relationships. It'll be worth their time. Let's talk about time for relaxation and not for laziness. One of the worst habits for our teenagers to learn is to go through life the way I used to run the required three-mile run in college. Rather than just jog at a nice pace, I would sprint as hard as I could go for a short length and then walk for a while. Sprint, then walk. Sprint, then walk. Sprint, then stand around and sprint again. For some reason, I never finished in the top 10 using this technique. Going through life at light speed and then collapsing, running hard then burning out, is not a pattern that fits in with God's design. Life is about pacing, a stewardship pace of work and rest. This life is a marathon, not a sprint. 
So we want our teens to rest and relax, not just go full bore and then collapse. Too many adults are practicing this same unhealthy habit. After working hard, there should be time to watch a good TV show, to read an enjoyable book, to have a relaxing conversation, or to play a fun game. These things are not wasting time. This is enjoying the time God has given us. Yet on the other hand, if a teen does not put in a hard day's work, then they are just learning lazy habits by their relaxation. In other words, should a teen even get time to relax if they have been unproductive all day long? Of course, I'm speaking generally, not those unique times of sickness or stress or suffering that preclude the teen from working. Take Saturdays, for example. What if a teenager sleeps till noon, gets up and has breakfast at lunchtime, and then wants to use the rest of his day just to relax? Sure, that's a typical habit of many people who see the whole weekend as time to relax. But God's Word tells us that we have been given six days to work and to do all our labor. So should teens be allowed to take a whole day just to veg out and do nothing? Or are they learning bad habits? Again, relaxation is a way to show gratitude towards God for the life he has given us. It is also a reward for a job well done. And it gives time for relationships, not just self-focused pleasure the whole time. Many teens are driven to want more and more time to relax, which ends up feeding their laziness instead. You need to make a distinction between relaxing and resting and pure slothfulness. This includes the bad habit of sleeping in too late. Yes, I want to return to the topic of sleep just one more time. Early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. May not be in the Bible, but it is a good old-fashioned wisdom. For many teens, they have to get up early for school, so they decide to sleep in on Saturdays and Sundays. And yet, for their physical health as well as the best use of time, it's better to get up at the same time every day. That may mean going to bed earlier. But generally speaking, those who sleep in late in the mornings tend to be less productive and foster lazy habits. Finally, let's talk about one last essential use of our time. Time to Sabbath. Unfortunately, many adults, even Christians, don't look at the Lord's Day as a unique day of rest and worship. Too many Christian teens are allowed to play sports on Sundays. They miss a significant amount of Sunday worship because of other activities. Or the Lord's hour is practiced rather than the Lord's day. I don't have time in this podcast to give a thorough biblical defense of the use of the Lord's day. Let's just focus on the truth that God's design is six days of work and one day of rest from the usual labors of life. This is a pattern we need to teach our teens. So, setting aside all the recreational activities teens do on Sunday, what about the simple truth that they need some important rest? For example, do teens need to do schoolwork on Sunday or study for tests? Not if they do what they need to do on Saturdays or Fridays. Do they need to do work or other projects or do chores? Again, not if they're making good use of the other six days. We all need time for rest and Sabbath. The Lord's Day is a gift given by God so we don't have to act like slaves seven days a week. We can get up and worship as the family of God. 
We can rest, fellowship with one another, and do acts of mercy all afternoon. We can return to church in order to end the Lord's Day in worship as a family. This is not a natural habit for the fallen sinner. We either want to work too much or play too much. We want to treat the Lord's Day like it's just another day. Is this what we want to teach the next generation? We need to train our teenagers to guard and cherish the Lord's Day. The corporate worship of God should be our priority. Time to rest and refresh should be enjoyed. If teenagers spend their Sundays only playing or competing or sitting on their phones or binge-watching Netflix, what is this doing for their heart and soul? They need to have a Sabbath to rest their souls and minds as well as their bodies, to focus on things eternal, to recalibrate around God's kingdom. Yes, all of our time is to be about the worship of God and the pursuit of kingdom endeavors. But this one day, this Lord's Day of our week, is to be enjoyed and celebrated in a unique way. Lord willing, our teenagers have lots of time to continue to learn and grow in Christ. These are the years where dreams begin to flower, plenty of plans are made, and the future path becomes clearer. What a great opportunity to make the most of the time to glorify God and to love him and other people. Well, this wraps up season four on the problems of the teenage years. Our focus in the next season will be a series of more challenging mental, emotional, spiritual, and relational problems. I hope you join me then. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.